me up. Oh, yes, that's great. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, welcome they to need it. welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy here on the BGE Radio Network, and also uh, welcome to our friends at iHeartRadio, AMFM247.com. Tune in iTunes and Radio Loyalty, and I believe we are joining. Hear me now? Yes, we've got okay. you. I've got Don Mazzella with us. He is uh, from SB Digest. He's our newspaper man. We've also got, I believe, the great and talented IQ Al Rizzoli joining us oh as well. And um, Dan Perkins Skype wouldn't pick up, so we will uh, try to reconnect with him throughout the broadcast here, and hopefully we can get him on. Today we have uh, Martin Angelo with us. He is uh, fantastic. I uh, interviewed him for our uh, radio program uh, almost, I would say, about a year ago. And uh, his website, martyangelo.com. And uh, Marty is the man, as far as I'm concerned. He is... uh, he is he is going to be doing all sorts of things here today. He's a minister to troubled celebrities. He's uh, offered some help to movie mogul Harvey Weinstein, and uh, he also has uh, some political opinions. And uh, I can't wait for all of us to kind of bat things around. So, Marty, go ahead and give the guys a little bit of an introduction on yourself as far as how you got started in Hollywood and everything else. Well, hi guys. Um, I had. Uh... Boy, this goes back years and years. Um, got my start back in the 60s, 1960s, in uh, the entertainment business in New York. And I got my start with Jimi Hendrix. He, uh, I was managing a band uh, from Buffalo, New York, and um, I played a tape for Jimi in this nightclub called The Scene. And uh, he enjoyed it, and uh, he helped us get a booking, and we became friends, and uh, went forward from there. That was my big break, and I, I started uh, managing other bands and doing DJ work and production and promotions of movies and, and uh, albums and singles and worked for various record companies as a record promoter and um, really was kind of a lost guy, just didn't have any purpose or meaning, even though I thought I was making it in the entertainment business. And so I... Uh, Kind of fell off the deep end and got hung up on drugs and got arrested. Wound up going to prison for a while, but it was a life-changing experience and uh, uh, it brought me to sobriety and in uh, a new life that I've been living for the last 35 years. Now, uh, now I believe Dan Perkins has joined us as well uh, here Dan. here here on our broadcast and. Uh, Marty, you, you, you've got a you've got a heck of a story here. You started out as a basically a, a radical student for a democratic society uh, back yeah. in the early '60s. Then you were exposed to numerous liberal professors in college, who were extremely against the Vietnam War. After college, uh, as you mentioned, your your life kind of spun out of, spun out of control, and uh, you've been a prison minister, a drug rehab counselor. You've wrote ten books. Um, by by God's grace, you're you're still with us, and uh, you're you're now uh, basically a Christian on fire Christian conservative. Um, <laughs> how did you make this this change here? What 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 the hell well, led it, you to go from being a a big lib drinking the Kool Aid <laughs> to uh, somebody that all three of us will get along with? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I didn't plan on this, brother. 
you know, when I, I believe I fell hook, line and sinker to that uh, left wing, radical, liberal lifestyle, not just the political beliefs, because I really didn't believe much in, as far as politics was was uh, I was exposed to the to, on, uh, when I was going to school uh, at the University of Buffalo. In fact, that's where I met Harvey Weinstein. And um, I started booking bands for the Students for Democratic Society, which was a liberal left-wing part of, the, of, our, of our campus that were just against the war in Vietnam. I think that was our big bitch. Was, you know, we were just against the war. We believed all our professors. They were feeding us uh, uh, the, the, uh, all the right jargon to use. And we weren't, we didn't know. We were blind, just kind of blind following the blind. We had no purpose, no meaning. We just didn't want to go fight in a war. And we didn't want to listen to our parents. They were the kind of the right. They were the, there was called a generation gap at the time. And so there was a big gulf between us. You know, if you weren't a hippie and had your hair long and smoked pot, uh, you, were, you weren't with it. So I, I would just, you know, and then that, that led into a lifestyle. That led it just exactly what happens today. It leads into a lifestyle. You get used to it and started making money at it in the music business. And and uh, it wasn't until I became a Christian that I even knew what the difference between radical and conservative was. Radical, liberal, and conservative was. I didn't know. Now, oh, now, don't kid, don't kid us. You just wanted to have uh, be with the girls. Well, that was <laughs> that was extreme. You know, that's why I went in the music business. They had all the girls. We chased after the girls. In fact, that's where Harvey Weinstein went. You know, that's when he first started getting in trouble was back in college. Um, I remember uh, like it was yesterday. I mean, he he got successful in Buffalo and started. uh, I I helped him pass out flyers for a Rolling Stones concert. And we weren't really that friendly, but that's how we met. And then he he owned a nightclub. He got he became pretty successful. Used some of the money to open a nightclub. And then he. uh, you know, start the girls start throwing themselves at them, and uh, that's what happens in the entertainment business. That's one of the perks, besides drugs and booze and partying and all that. Uh, the girls, and uh, I remember many times some of the bands I worked. We used to have to run to our cars, to you know, to into the limos to get away from them. They throw themselves at them, and it's no wonder. Uh, you know, when Harvey said, uh, "Hey, listen, I'm from the '60s and '70s." That, that, and, and it struck me. I, I had to agree with him because at the 60s and 70s, women took off their bras. They started taking the pill. Uh, they had uh, they wanted uh, women's lib uh, and and uh, you could have sex uh, anywhere. Look at Woodstock. I, people were having sex in front of each other in, at the Woodstock Music Festival. So, I mean, it's it's no wonder his mind was set back in that time because it was pretty wide open then. And I think it carried over into his when he became successful. It's the old Hollywood thing, you know. Uh, it was the it was the casting couch, and and that was accepted behavior, man. It still is accepted behavior, except he took it to the extreme, and well, uh, and hurt a lot of women by doing it. Well, Don, but, but he's not beyond redemption. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm glad you think so. Um, there's a lot of people that disagree with you. Oh, I see yeah. across, um, uh, just across my desk, uh, uh, in my computer, uh, Condé Nast just um, uh, blacklisted one of their top uh, photographers for his hara- uh, because of ha- harassment uh, claims. And if you guys mm-hmm. remember, there used to be a joke about um, 
Bill Clinton and a couple of other people. He was the only one who knew what the, the, the word harassment meant. But, um, uh, and it, oh, so, come on, fellas. You've you got to remember that one. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm, now, I would, I, I would like to ask the, yes, the yes, good go re- I, I don't know whether you're a reverend or a pastor or just a plain old folk like us, yeah. but, but I guess uh, my question is, having gone through this radical, radical change, um, mm-hmm. do you think there's hope for this younger generation? I do. Yeah, absolutely, except that they're going to have to go through the same fire tribulations and trials as everyone else did. And some of them aren't going to make it, unfortunately, because some of them didn't make it in my generation. So, you know, it, 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 that's why when something like this happens, especially when you're that high up that, that Mr. Weinstein is, when you come tumbling down, just kind of like what I did, I was never as successful as he was. But, you know, it's one of these things where you bottom out. And a lot of these these kids in this generation think that they're going to get away with stuff and they can do whatever they want. You know, the Bible says you, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end thereof are the ways of death. And it's such a big opiate uh, right now uh, addiction going out that kids are just dropping. They're not even getting arrested to where they might have some saving grace by having to go to prison. Because, you know, sometimes prison is a blessing. It stops you and it saves your life. And that's what it did with me. And so, um, you know, I've tried to I went back to the University of Buffalo to, to speak. And, and, and it's so it's so extreme now that even the campus that I wanted to, you know, that I was went to school with, I was afraid to have a conservative guy that would has a, a different view than the very radical, not just the professors, but these kids have bought a hook, line and sinker. And they don't they just don't want to hear anybody else but themselves. So mm-hmm. it'll take a miracle to get to get uh, through some of them. But they can hide behind their black masks all they want and and think that nobody knows. But I know a God that knows everything. He knows when your hair falls out of your head or bird falls from the sky. So these they're not kidding anybody. They're not kidding. We, we thought we were kidding somebody until uh, Kent State University called up the National Guard and shot four of us dead. You know, that's so much for our generation of, of uh, radical liberalism. Where did it get us? Kids got shot. They didn't just take it anymore. But nowadays, it seems like the universities in the states are, are a lot more influenced by that left wing. And so uh, you, you don't even see the National Guard get called up, except just recently when the, the Milo was spoke up somewhere. Or I don't know. No, no the, the, the right wing guy from the KKK, I guess. And um, they called up the National Guard to protect uh, the people. So that's interesting. That's a good question. I just pray that God will do will uh, help help all these kids and let them. You know, my sister prayed for me, and she said, "God, do whatever it takes." So that's what I say to. That's what I pray for these kids. I just say, "Hey, whatever it's going to take to get their attention, get it." So I thought God was outlawed in the United States, according to these liberals. It seems like it, doesn't it? But there's, you know, something that's what the Israelites thought, <laughs> you know, and that's that's what anybody that can't see a God, you know, that we're talking about an invisible God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, you know, the invisible God. And, uh, you know, they thought that they could outsmart God by getting their own king. And uh, they had kings and, and they wanted to be like the Gentiles. But God was still a, still a king, a king and Lord of Lords. So you can you can think that uh, uh, you're outsmarting God, but God's in control. So 
it's just a matter of time until you know we, we situations happen in this country that uh you know we don't want to repent uh if you remember jonah jonah was in the well and he dropped the whale dropped him off at nivea but he didn't want to go tell nivea that to repent and got and so we thought he'd he'd hide from god and got in a boat and and there was a, god caused a storm and the whale ate him and and spit him out on Nivea, and he wound up at that shore anyway. And I think what happens in our country is that we think we we don't see the hand of God in situations. Um, we don't we don't want to repent. We want to rebuild. You know, I think when that 9/11 happened and those twin towers came down, I, that should have been a sign for a lot of people to say, you know, something. Maybe you better think about what we're doing over here in this country. We're killing 50 million babies. Since since Roe versus Wade, 50 million babies. Now, I don't know. That's a lot of babies. 65 million. 65 million now. Okay, so, yeah. So so we think that we're going to not, you know, suffer consequences because, oh, we've got this loving grace, grace, mercy and love God. But we don't want to hear about the just God. See, God is still just. We reap what you sow. We, We all do. I did. I wound up going to prison. And, and I don't think anybody's going to be able to get around God. And so we keep it up and we do the thing. Thumb our nose at God, have homosexual marriages now and continue with the abortions. And we think that we can just get away with it. Well, I, I, I'll tell you, God's, God's a slow moving God when it comes to justice. He gave the Israelites many a times to repent, and they wouldn't. They kept going after idols and false gods and this and that. They wanted to do their own thing, and they didn't want to recognize God. But eventually, God took them into captivity for their disobedience. And so eventually, you know, they, you pay the price. We've got, uh, we've got Marty Angelo with us today. We've also got Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and IQ Al-Rizzoli. Dan, listening to all this stuff and uh, and... And, and everything that's going on today. Uh, do you have any questions for Marty or any feedback or anything here? Sure. I, I, I would say that one of the things that I would love to hear him comment about, in his day on the college campuses, the campuses had, protesters on the campuses had a unifying theme. They were anti-war, anti-Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Today, there appears to be no theme. There appears to be chaos. We we want to go back. Black students in colleges want to go back to segregated dorms mm-hmm. and, and and menus and cafeterias. We have um, uh, uh, situations where uh, we have people after they finish their undergraduate degree in six or seven years, they're un- <laughs> they're unemployable. It's it's true. It's over six years now to complete an undergraduate degree in the United States. Yeah. We have, uh, I'm afraid I want a safe space. I don't want to interact with people of other races. So there doesn't seem to be, in my mind, uh, today, the unifying factor there was when you were in college. Oh, definitely not. I mean, I, you know, I, I, they're aimless. I mean, these kids, they don't know what direction they're going in. And that's why... You know, they need a leader. I mean, we had leaders. We had the Chicago 7, if you remember, 
they disrupted the Democratic Convention in Chicago. We had Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Bobby Seale. We had characters that were would speak up, and and uh, you had organizers that were. But it was one. You're right. I mean, that was against the war, and it was against then. It was against the president. Each president, Johnson, Nixon, uh, you know, uh, whoever was going to stick up for that war. Because you know, remember, we 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 were being drafted. You know, nowadays they have the volunteer army or the national guard. But if you're being drafted, you're going, you know, unwillingly, really. There was no uh, patriotism then. It was, in fact, you were more of a patriot if you, if you, if you protested or went to Canada or, or uh, became a Muslim like Muhammad Ali did. Um, so what's go- what they're doing now on these campuses are, uh, you know, they didn't get their way in the elections, so they're taking it all out on Donald Trump, it seems. And, uh, and anybody that's conservative... And uh, and thinking that they can just disrupt and lie and come up with all this fake news and different different things to to just resist. And they're getting that and they're getting fed that by these these left wing folks like Hillary Clinton and their and those people, which are all, you know, the chicken's going to come home to roost for that group. Uh, And 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 they're being paid uh, money to go to these demonstrations and and uh, disrupt things when Trump was uh, um, when he was running for office, they would be uh, these fights that were out inside these uh, area arenas and outside. And these people were being paid. I mean, there's a whole big uh, mess that's going to come out eventually, you know, because the truth always wins in the end. So you think you can hide, but all this stuff with uh, with Comey and, and, and the president uh, Clinton meeting the, the lady in the, in the plane, uh, uh, all of that stuff is all coming out. It's, uh, and it's amazing to sit there and watch because, you know, it's not that I like the guy, Donald Trump. I just think that he, he's not in anybody's pocket and nobody's in his pocket. And, and that's, that's the, you know, when they talked about draining the swamp, I mean, that that's something that, you you know, you you're a bureaucrat. You're talking about uh, there's a saying that I'll be around when you're gone because these bureaucrats have these jobs their whole lives. I mean, they've been taking federal money. They've been taking taxpayer money for years. And all of a sudden you get a guy that comes in there is not taking any money at all, but he's trying to do the right thing for for our, us Americans. And I think that's why so many people voted for him. And so it's interesting to see how this thing's going to turn out, because I think if Hillary Clinton would have won, I think you would have had status quo, would have just got worse. Our country was already going down that road, and, and you would have seen even more uh, division eventually. Um, it's so just let, me, that, let me ask you a go ahead. current events question. Sure. The House Intelligence Committee, mm-hmm. Senate Foreign Relations Committee both announced today mm-hmm. investigations in the uranium deal. Yes. And the involvement of both Bill and Hillary Clinton. Yes. And invest. They're going to investigate the FBI as to why the information that they developed before the deal that showed corruption and and bribery um, known to the to the Obama administration mm-hmm. was was uh, turned away and. And my my guess is that they they have the goods. Sure. The question is, will they use the goods? And if they use the goods on Hillary, 
and Comey and Obama and Bill, what does that do to the Democratic Party? Well, the Democratic Party's and they already have problems. I mean, all all that's going to happen to when when that when all of those people finally pay the price, uh, it's just going to contribute to exposing the Democratic Party for what it is. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to come up with some leaders that may be thinking a little differently and cut, instead of thinking for themselves. Remember, Trump was not supposed to win this election. I mean, and that's why she she didn't go out and campaign in certain states. And she laid dead in, in her house and when she was sick. And they listen, the media was was for her. Half the half the women in this country were for her. But but. She was she was supposed to win. If she would have won, none of this would have come out. None of this. It would have been status quo. Nothing about the Russia uh, 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 uranium and Comey and the meeting with Bill Clinton on the plane and her emails. And she just thought she was going to skate right back into that White House and everything was going to move on and nobody would have heard any of this stuff. And so I have to I have to give uh, Donald Trump, the president, uh, uh, commend him for for seeing through all of this nonsense. And if he puts the government in order and things that are going to go, listen, they're they're fighting this guy no matter what he does. They're fighting him because they just don't want to. They just can't even still believe that he's president after a year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next six months to a year. If, yeah, if, they, if anything comes out of these out of these committee meetings, it, it should be. I hopefully something will happen instead of them just running their mouth. And you know, in today's in today's New York Post, it's interesting. They had a quote from a left left wing. I forget which columnist pointing out the fact that while everybody else is looking at uh, Trump, uh, Trump uh, his uh, uh, cabinet officers are quietly going about dismantling. A lot of the uh, uh, prior eight years of uh, Obama uh, yes. in many different levels, and if you, uh, I don't know if you saw this, how they told the three EPA scientists not to uh, to appear at this uh, conference in Arkansas mm-hmm. Bay. I mean, uh, it's an interesting thing, uh, and I'd like you to comment that uh, while we all look at Trump, his cabinet is doing a, uh, a great deal to. Uh, uh, dismantle. What do you think? I think I think it's great. You know, we he, people focus on him. He tweets out things. He gets in arguments with these people, and everybody responds, and the media jumps on him. And in the meantime, in the meantime, you've got things going on behind the scenes. And I know he's not a dummy. I don't think you know when he said that he wasn't going to prosecute or go after Hillary after all of his following were, I mean, that was his war cry, wasn't it? Lock her up, lock her up. And then all of a sudden people were like shocked that he didn't go after her. Well, I think he's, I think he's not that, I, I think he's smart enough to know, let his people do it. Let, let the wheels of justice, you know, they move slowly. You know, when I was a drug addict and in, in, in the, in that business and that I, I didn't get arrested I didn't overdose the first time I tried things. It takes a while for the wheels of justice to catch up to you. But eventually they do. And so I think this is what's happening. If he if he has the right people in order and they're off doing their jobs that they're supposed to do, it's happening behind the scenes. Why well, all of a sudden, you know, you've got you do have some smart senators and congressmen that that can see through the 
all of the BS that, that's out there and all the smoke screens that they put up and they see through it and they're using now, the, hopefully they're using the law. You know, the law is for the lawless, they say. That's what the Bible mm-hmm. says. The law was for the lawless. And so well, you, you come up against these lawless people that think that they can do things and get away with it. You know how many prisons I've been in in this country in the last 35 years that people with that same mentality think that they can get away with it? <laughs> well, did you all see of them, uh, all of them? <laughs> did you see today that Senator Flake said he was not going to seek reelection? And so we've had now three Republican senators say they're not going to seek uh, re-election. Do you think um, uh, the Tea Party is going to be smart enough to um, uh, support electable people and not some of the jerks that they uh, nominated in the past? Well, I think that's what's happening. I think they're all taking a good look at themselves and saying, you know, we better, I better get out of here. <laughs> they probably have so many skeletons in their closet that, that uh, you know, and then you've got this Bannon out there. To, I mean, he blatantly says this is a war. I'm going after all of you if you don't get on board and, and get with the agenda. And so if, if they're not for you, they're against you. And so I think that it's good. I think they should be shaken up. You know, the Democrats, they, they're all, they, they all gather together and they don't have all these little tea parties and this party and these guys and 13 of these guys. And I mean, usually they team up. Listen, they haven't voted for one thing that Trump was for. And so uh, and they and they stick together. You know, I said, I said, you know, if Trump is such a good negotiator, why can't he get one Democrat on his side? They stick together like glue. These Republicans, you can't even get them to sit down and talk. I don't know what's wrong with them while they've got control of the Senate, the House and the presidency. And they can't even sit down and and work something out. And and, uh, even if they could get five or six Democrats, you wouldn't even need it five or six Republicans decide, gosh, one guy doesn't vote for you and, and the whole thing falls apart. What's the matter with these people? And I'm glad, I'm glad the heat's on them. I hope, I hope that they, they, the fire is turned up and they all take a good look at themselves. And I think this is what draining the swamp is all about. I think that's what it means is that uh, you need to get with it, get out. And even the people that are the bureaucrats that work within, you know, there's more people that are against Trump than just the Senate in the, in the House. You know, you've got these, these bureaucrats that have been working within the government for years that have been leaking all this information out because they don't, they, they're afraid they're going to get fired. They should close down half of these programs that are out there. They're not doing any good. I know people that used to collect checks that work for the government never went to work. Just stayed home. <laughs> it got shots. I mean, <laughs> we've got yeah. uh, we've got Marty Angelo with us today, and uh, Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and IQ Rizzoli. The last time I had Marty on the uh, on the iHeart show, we were talking about radical Islam, and uh, I you you had some very strong views on that. Um, we've got IQ Rizzoli with us today, who is an expert in this field. Um, uh, M- Marty, give, give me your th- your take on, on Islam and everything, and then I'm, I know IQ is going to ask you some questions. Well, that's a big subject. You know, when you when you go back to, you have to go back to good old Abraham, you know, when all of this thing started with the, the uh, when he goes off with the bondwoman and, and thought that he was going to help God along by having uh, a child with the bond woman. And, uh, and, and he, he didn't wait for Sarah to have the baby, which was the, which was the seed 
that was the seed that was going to be the promised seed uh, for the Israelites. And so once that started, that fight, I mean, you, you, you have it all the way up until today and uh, uh, where the, uh, uh, the Muslims' faith, I mean, I don't, I don't know many Muslims. Um, I, have, I, I do see it in prison where they gather together and, and try to convert even some of the Christians because it's more, more, it's more of a protection. Um, they look out for each other. You know, there's all these different groups in prisons that, that they, uh, they, stick, they stick together. And so, um, uh, but, but if, you, if you know history, um, this goes back to, um, um, you know, the Israelites were supposed to be obedient to God. That's what made them special. That was God's chosen people. And, you know, when they, and, and I'm, I'm not for Christian Zionism. And I think, I think a lot of the troubles that we're having in our country today is based upon not, not just, you know, I don't, I don't mind supporting Israel as a country, as a, as a country, but I don't think um, the, I think the futurists, the dispensational futurists have it wrong by thinking that, uh, you know, God, God is going to send another Messiah uh, for for the the Jews that live in Israel, and that the Christians have bought into that because they're waiting for a Jesus to come a second time, and so they kind of goes along with their their theology that uh, God is going to going to save save those folks when He's already sent the Messiah who was Jesus, and uh, for that first generation of Christianity, you know, they were fighting each other, the Christians against the Jews. And uh, that generation, Jesus said, that generation shall not pass away until all of these judgments became a part of them. And we have a whole bunch of people thinking that, no, no, that wasn't the generation they were talking about. It's our generation. So we should bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel because God's still not done with Israel. And so uh, so they, the Muslims are one taking, a, you know, kind of taking a bad rap on this. Back in in in, in uh, what was it 1946 when when the Bellflower Declaration they gave uh, the Jews back their country, and, and then and, and they went in there killed all these Muslims. I mean, took the country by force, and I can understand why they're upset. You know, if you if you listen to Osama bin Laden's words back when he was still alive, uh, you know, one of the main reasons behind 9/11 was our support of Israel. The Americans were support of Israel because they had killed uh, many, many uh, Muslims and many Arabs um, back. And we were supporting them. And, and if you remember correctly, back when Reagan was president, he had Jerry Falwell, uh, Hal Lindsey, Pat Robertson, and all these big blocks of Republican Christian voters that were evangelical in the White House. And they explained to him uh, this thing about futurism and dispensationalism that about Jesus coming back a second time and that the Christians were going to be raptured and that they showed that God was still not still dealing with the Jew, that the Jew was going to have a second chance at this whole thing. And he convinced them, he convinced the president and a whole bunch of other people uh, in politics of that fact. That's what they thought was a fact, but you can't prove it from the Bible because Jesus's words go back to that generation and 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 so we shouldn't i'm saying that we probably would have a more peaceful world with the muslims if if uh if you would let them work out their problems 
in the situation that they're in right now and how they got into that situation. And instead of, well, yeah, so I think we should support politically Israel, but I don't think there's any blessing in it. I don't think there's a blessing. Is, is, is 9-11, was that a blessing to our country? Is that a blessing? Those will bless Israel. Those that will curse Israel will curse Israel. You know, God will bless those that bless Israel. Was that a blessing when we lost 3,000 people? When, and he and Osama bin Laden directly said that that was a result of our support of Israel. Was that a blessing or a curse? I, See, IQ, I, IQ Al Rizzoli, listening to all this, uh, do, you have any, do you have any feedback for our guest? I have to disagree with him a lot. Okay. When it comes to Islam... When it comes to Islam, they don't need Israel. No. Israel is a red herring. Islam has been at war with humanity, which is not Muslim for the last 1400 years. And if the gentleman thinks he can talk to Muslims and convince them that they can live in harmony with Americans and Judeo-Christianity, he's totally wrong. I don't believe that. I don't believe that we can live in harmony. You know, we, the only way that, you know, there's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus. And, and Muslim, Buddhist, Jew, whatever, you still got to go through that door. And, and that's the fight. I mean, that's been the fight for, for over 2,000 years. Was Jesus really the Messiah? Did he really come to save us from our sins? Is, is our problem in this world sin? I mean, and that's that's the that's the question. I mean, what what these college kids are doing on campus, it's sin. It, what I did was sin. And, and, and we don't want to call it sin anymore. This country doesn't want to have to. Once you call something, you know, sin is our only hope. Identifying your problem as a sin is your only hope to whether I don't care what religion you're in. You're going to have to contend with that, that personality, your flesh that's within you and you're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. So Jesus supplied, God supplied a way of redemption for mankind. If you don't want to believe in that, that's not my problem. Of course, we're not going to get along. You may kill me, but I know that my faith is enough for me. And I'm sure Muslims believe that they're going to go to heaven and Jews think they're all going, everybody's going to go to heaven. I I'm, I'm from the, from the uh, persuasion that if you killed me, I, yes, uh, I don't care. And so uh, I would prefer to live, but I know I'm not going to die. I'm, I'm, we're all going to die eventually anyway. All you got to do is look back to the generations before us. Those people are dead. Now, where they are is that's up to God. God is the one that I wasn't around when God made the world. You know, he asked Job, where were you when I made the foundations of the world? Job thought he knew it all. He, he, he was questioning God of all this and why all these things were happening. And God finally asked him a whole bunch of series of questions that Job couldn't answer. So I don't I don't know. I don't I don't uh, you know, I'm not God, so I don't know what's going to happen. But it sure is exciting to see what is happening. And uh, I don't think we're going to live in harmony. You know, I, 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 this is an individual thing. God, can, you know, when the when the Israelites, when the Jews thought that their Messiah was going to come. They thought that that he was going to go and beat up the Romans and they were going to have a king like David. And uh, they didn't realize that God had a different plan. And uh, once they realized that he had a different plan, they fought against him. And he, he pronounced judgment upon that generation, not not future generations. But but listen, anybody that doesn't want to contend for the, with the gospel is going to have a problem. 
And you can put it off. You could laugh at it. You can you can discount it, but it's not going to go away. And uh, so we all have to deal with it on an individual basis, individually, not not corporately. Corporately, we could get judgment if we keep up what we're doing. Uh, and I, I'm praying we don't. But it looks like we're going in that direction. Can I ask you a question, Jim? Yeah, jump in there, my friend. Jump in there. Um, I'm listening to what you were saying, and I, I I come with two divergent thoughts. First one is scary. I don't know what the second one is, but the first <laughs> one is first one is you're talking about the possibility of we may be fast approaching the end of time. Well, I don't, you know. <sighs> God's kingdom is forever. You know, that, that's the problem with futurism. We're going to get to the end. The end is, how many, wasn't there just some guy that said, oh, the end of the world is coming? And then they had Harold camping. Oh, it's coming in 2012. Jesus is coming. And people sold all their stuff. And, you know, the futuristic approach to all of this is, is uh, you know, listen, you've got to contend with just yourself coming to an end. Forget about the world itself, the earth itself. It's what are you going to do? Your end is coming. The, right. the end of the age is what they what was what uh, Jesus was talking about. The time of the end, not the end of the world. It's the time of the end, and that was the end of the Jewish religion as they knew it. The temple was destroyed, just like Jesus said it was going to happen. Not one stone would be left upon each other, and that He brought the Romans. Just any time He brought judgment onto Israelites, He always used another country. Uh, he, he, we would bring them in and they'd destroy it. And, and all, you, all you have to do is just read the Bible and see anytime they were disobedient. Well, that generation, if any generation had judgment coming on it, was that generation that was living at the time when Christ walked this earth. And they had 40 years to get their act together, and a lot of them did. And a lot of them listened to the apostles' doctrine and, and the teachings of Jesus, and a lot of them didn't. And even though they had more that didn't, they still had judgment, and he said the end of that age is going to come. That's the old covenant. He did away with the old covenant so that we could have a new covenant, and the right. new covenant is all spiritual. So my, the second part of my question is, do you, are, are you saying that you think there's a possibility that there's going to be a resurgence in religion? Well, I don't know. if I, God, I hope it's not just religion. You know, because religion is what's caused all the problems in this world. And anytime we box God in, you know, we think we got all God figured out. We're going to build a little building and uh, and 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 go in there, all of us, and it's us four and no more. And I'll let see, this is how we got into this problem. Where that's where this rapture teaching came in. You know, oh, God's going to come rapture us out of here, and we won't have to go through the great tribulation, and we're going to be up in heaven, and and we're going to go, and these other people can stay. No, no. That's not that has nothing to do with this. God never said anything about taking any of us out of here. All he said was that during that generation, things were going to happen and it happened in that generation. So we're stuck here now. We have to we're supposed to get along with each other. He he left us. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be Jesus's body. So but we have a bunch of people that don't want to grasp the concept of what Jesus was actually teaching and how he accomplished this kingdom of God. And he said that the kingdom of God is within you. And so we have to become a part of the new Jerusalem, which is which is the church, which is which is 
all of us, anybody that's a believer, not a building. Remember, Stephen, we went in front of the Pharisees and, and, and they accused Stephen. He said that Jesus was going to destroy this place. This, they were looking at the temple. And, 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 and actually, Stephen was they, he was right. Uh, they were right when he said that because Jesus did uh, condemn that building. And it took 40 years eventually till it finally happened. But but he said, but that Stephen uh, went up against them and said, hey, listen, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. You're the ones that wanted this temple. Jesus does. God doesn't need a temple. I mean, he commanded them to have a temple, but he didn't need a temple. And so so he needed what we become the temple. The believers in Christ become the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of God. We be, they were, now we're talking about getting rid of the literal. That's why it's so important to understand what happened in 70 A.D. In 70 A.D., God used the Romans. That was Christ coming in judgment upon that generation, just like he said he was going to do, you see. These futurists try to say, well, he was wrong. He really didn't know. There's no one knows the time. No, listen, brother, he was absolutely 100% correct. You can't call Christ a liar. That was God in the flesh. He's the one that you're supposed to be listening to, not John Hagee or, uh, or Hal Lindsey or some of these futuristic authors that just want to sell millions of book, books and, and make a bunch of money and go buy a, a mansion and drive a big Cadillac or a Rolls Royce. Nuh-uh. That, don't tell me that Jesus was wrong. Don't tell me that it was this generation. What is that? What makes our generation so special that, that Jesus is going to come back again? For what? What are we doing that's so right that he's going to take us out of here? Come on. What? We've given up the world to the world. We, we, the church, you know something? They, they, I'm the only one that's speaking up for this Harvey Weinstein. I have not heard one. In fact, I read a Christian magazine that condemned him just as much as the L.A. Times and the Hollywood Reporter condemned him. But nobody's saying, you know, the guy's got a sin problem. Why don't we help? You know, why don't we reach out? You know, God can, you know, if the guy repents and we give him the simple gospel. Why doesn't anybody bring it up anymore? Because when they don't Michael, believe in God. They don't believe in God anymore. Even the Christians? Right. <laughs> You're right. I guess they don't. They think that they're going to get raptured. And they don't have to deal with Harvey Weinstein anymore. They're Christians in, in name only. They well, don't my question is who would want to? Who wants to what? Deal with the Har Harvey Weinstein. I do. Christ healthy. God does. It, well, I, I think the I think you're the only two right now. Well, listen, who's be listen, remember when the, they, they, the, they wanted to stone the adulterer? The woman that was caught in adultery and Jesus yeah. said, hey, who's without sin? Throw the first stone. I mean, give me a break. You know, the entertainment business, they're a bunch of hypocrites. I worked with many, many of them and all they are self-righteous ones that think that, oh, we don't do anything like that. Oh, he's such a pervert. Look at he he raped a bunch of women. Half of Hollywood rapes women. Are you kidding they just haven't gotten caught yet. These women are just now speaking up, brothers. They're just now coming out of the woodwork because they feel a little safe now that they got the culprit Weinstein on the platform and they're ready to dissect them and carve them up and serve them to the wolves. But, you know, that's something that's that's a, that's called sin. And that's when my letter I wrote my letter to Harvey. I said, listen, brother, you got a sin problem and and and. I tried to tell you back in 2006 when I wrote him a letter, sent him a book. I knew what he was up to. I knew what was going on in that in that town. And he was the biggest one of them all because he got away with it. 
Hey, listen, a lot of these starlets, they don't, they'll climb the ladder, boy. They'll take their clothes off faster than you would if you saw a naked woman. Because a lot of them want to go that the road. They sell their soul to the devil. Many of them. I met many of women that, that you know, back in the 60s and 70s that did that kind of stuff. Even in the rock and roll business. But the movie business is even more because, oh, I'm going to go to Hollywood. And when they get to Hollywood, they'll do anything to get a role. And so I'm not blaming these women. They're victims. Yes, he victimized them. He shouldn't have taken advantage of them. But I didn't hear many of them screaming out 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And those people in Hollywood all knew what he was doing. Same with Hillary Clinton. She's go, oh, I don't know he was doing that. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to believe that? We're supposed to believe these Hollywood celebrities that said we didn't know? They did, too. So, I mean, you know, who's going to cast the first stone? Half of them are in bed with each other. Well, now all of a sudden they're so righteous. Look at the movies they produce. Look at the music that they put out. Look at the television shows that they're coming out with. Please. Please, I you know, you know self righteousness is, is is a shame, and, and anyone that thinks that their sin is no better than anybody else's sin has got it wrong. That man is the sinner, and he needs to be saved just like anybody else in this world. And so that's all I say. Listen, it's between him and God. I can't save him if he doesn't want this route. Then go kill you, jump off a building. I mean, that's what that's probably the next thing that could happen. He's already threatened it. I listen, I've been in the same spot. I would try to kill myself three times in that business. Thank God I had somebody praying for me. And I didn't want to know it until I until I got myself in a position that I couldn't control. And that's the situations that God will put us in that we can't control. Nobody's immune to that. But the Bible says that you'll reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. And that's not just for Christians. That's for everybody in this world. It's just that what happens is the judgment is so slow. Judgment begins at the house of God. You know, the, the Christians get, I, when I go to prison, you know the first thing I do when I go into a prison chapel session? I ask them, what, how many of you have been here before? And everybody raises their hand. I go, well, what didn't you get the last time you were in prison? They were Christians. These are Christians. What didn't you get? You know, why, why, why did you go out and get back in trouble and wind up coming back to prison? I mean, it, it's amazing that, uh, you know, that we just don't take it as seriously as we should. And so I, I feel that, you know, God is a loving God, a graceful God, and a merciful God, and he's a just God. So you want to continue down that road. And my question then is, who left who to the guys in prison? Who left who? Did you leave God or did God leave you? And every single one of them admit that they left God. And so good thing that God has, is, is a forgiving God. That's why I say we're, we're just passing through this thing, man. I don't think it's the end of the world. The, the, his, his, his kingdom is forever. His kingdom is upon generation upon generation. Why should our generation shortchange the next generation? Why shouldn't they have a chance to go through this life? Why shouldn't your grandchildren and your, and your great, 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 great grandchildren, why shouldn't they have a shot at this? What do all of a sudden know oh, it's the end of the world? Please. Uh-uh. No, nah, it's not the end of the world. One more. Well, who's going to ask the next question? Yes. <laughs> Anybody want to jump in there? We're, 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 we're... I'm trying to be polite with because I, I guess my question to, to Mark is, Mark. You know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a little closer to the next world than you are. Not by much. <laughs> if you, you were in the 60s. Right. As 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 I was, you know, you mentioned some of the people, some of whom 
I've interviewed in my time. But and, um, it's interesting. You think of God as a benevolent God. Uh, I've always kind of thought of him as a warrior God, uh, ready to smite his enemies. <laughs> well, that's the, that was the that was his uh, mo there when he was in uh, uh, the Old Testament. Yeah, he was a real judgment God. He always smote. You know, and you just look at the Israelites. I mean, the Jews. They just they got. They got the bad end of the deal, so to speak. But, uh, uh, you know, when, when that's when Jesus came on the scene, who was God manifested in the flesh. And he said to forgive those, love your neighbor as yourself and, you know, help help those around you visit the prisons and take care of the sick and the, and the and widows, and the widowers. And I mean, you know, no wonder they crucified the guy. <laughs> you know, think about it. You know, like, get rid of him. What, he's not the God that we want. We know. And, and yeah, but saying that and giving an opening IQ, how can then God permit such a, a a world where we see the beheadings and the the simple cruelty that we we're seeing today? Well, we reap what we sow, don't we? You know, He's provided a way. You know, he's provided a way for each individual in this world to have a better life. If somebody wants to chop somebody else's head off, I mean, that's unfortunate. He still supplied the way to get out of this whole thing. We, we've put ourselves, the world has put ourselves in this spot. And, you know, it's not God's fault. It's, we've put ourselves in this. You know, he gives, a, he gives us your free will. You're going to do what's, that was our problem was the free will. I mean, when, if you go back to, you know, Adam and Eve, where they, they everything was nice and fine until they, they got, they, they uh, sinned and uh, all of a sudden they realized their sin. And so that's the problem with this world. And then one of the reasons that was the main reason why he, God had to come and manifest himself as a human and come here and sacrifice himself on a cross so that we would have free from sin. But the world does not want to go for this you know the, the catholic there church the catholic, the catholic yeah. church wanted to shove it right down everybody's throat yeah but well, there you go again mark blaming women again no women did i just blame women i mean adam adam and eve well adam Who's and eve fault? well adam, adam of course adam said fault I, I'm, well, I'm kidding he said i believe this he i know he said he, he well it's this woman that you gave <laughs> he blamed it on her and they both blamed him on the devil Instead of accepting the responsibility of themselves, and, and and that's been our problem all along. We don't want to accept. We don't want to call ourselves sinners. You know how hard it would be for Harvey Weinstein to call himself a sinner right now. Do you know how hard it would be? And especially him being Jewish. <laughs> I mean, this is hey, the problem. One day this... a week, one day a year, and they get absolved. Right. Well, you know, and, that, and, and that's. That's what he was taught. And so how hard is it to, you have to become, I told him in my letter, I said, listen, Harvey, you better, you better humble, humble down, get on your hands and knees and become like a little child. You have to become like a little baby. That's why it's so important to raise your kids the right way so that they can understand this. You got a bunch of this whole crazy generation. We thought we were the lost generation back the the wild, crazy generation that we had. The, when I when kids get arrested nowadays, and I ask their parents, you know, because their mother or father will call me, say, "Oh, Marty, my 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 son's in jail." I said, "Well, that's good. At least you know where he is." 
I, I, then you start to go, so, well, how was he raised? I mean, what, give me some background. What are you talking to, what are you questioning me for? Marty, my, it's my son who has the problem. Why are you asking me, how did I raise my child? Well, I just want to know. I mean, because come on. I mean, I know that the curse goes down in the generations upon generations upon generations. And so somebody's got to break the curse. It just doesn't leave you by chance. You're just, oh, I'm fortunate. You know how many kids, actors, children are in prison? How many I've tried to help? How many rich people's kids? This is, they're, they're not immune to it. It doesn't matter how much money you have anymore. Sin has gotten so far embedded into, the, into our system now that even the Christians are afraid to talk about sin. You've got 16,000 people going to one church listening to one guy, one guy, 16,000 people. And then they all go home and they either go to the football game or go play golf and they think they're off the hook. And then their kids are getting in trouble or they're having affairs with each other. I mean, there's just so messy, messy, messy stuff that goes on. And they're just not taking their faith seriously enough to, to try to, they can't even change their own families, yet alone uh, try to help the guy next door. We got a mess, and it's it's up to us as as Christians, as as believers, is to try to help whoever God brings across your path. We all have ministries. Those sixteen thousand people in those churches, they all have ministries. They just don't want to understand. Oh, I'm going to just go to under rapture, and Jesus is going to take me out of here. I don't have to deal with this Harvey Weinstein and these people. I'm not going to reach out to these people. I'm not going to do anything. They deserve what they get. Lock them up, kill them, stone them. I mean, and, and that's the attitude, even Christians, instead of understanding that, you know, listen, the guy's got a sin problem. Maybe we can help him. Even the rehabs nowadays, brothers, even the rehabs, there's 400 rehabs in Palm Beach County, Florida alone. Not one of them teaches Christianity that God's got a new plan for you. They just teach, oh, well, you got a sickness. It's a, you have a disease. You have a disease. Once you change sin and call it something other than sin, you're in trouble because it's not a disease. I don't know anybody that's gone to a doctor and got diagnosed from a doctor, an MD, that says, you got the disease of addiction. We found it in an MRI over here. Look at it. We're going to put it up on a screen so you to see. See it? There it is. Like a cancer. Well, no, there's your cancer. Now, that's a disease. But your self-inflicted woes that you've brought upon yourself, we're not going to call it. The only reason why they call it a disease is because they hoodwinked the insurance companies into paying for it. And the doctors are making a fortune off of it. The insurance companies are making a fortune off it. And these rehabs, these secular rehabs, you know what the success ratio, the success ratio for secular rehabs is? Zero to four percent. That's the success ratio of Betty Ford and all these other. Yeah, there are some people that have gotten help and gotten straight and gotten onto the road of recovery. But most of them, most of them just want your money. They'll take and as soon as your insurance runs out, they'll throw you out. And there's a lot of kids on the street nowadays that have tried rehabs. In fact, they don't even go back again because they say, I've already tried a rehab and it doesn't work. I might as well just continue being a drug addict because I got a disease. They taught me that I have this disease that I'm going to have the rest of my life. Okay. Okay. I mean, unfortunately, that's the situation we've got ourselves in, fellas. 
<laughs> have I gone on and on? I, I, no, I, no. I, I love it. I love it. Dan, do you, well, do you have... I know. You, uh, uh, Jiggy, I'm going to jump in because I have to jump out. Okay. But, uh, I, I want to tell you, Mark, uh, it's been one of the most illuminating hours we've had with you. <laughs> I'm being very you serious. You probably want to kill him. <laughs> No. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Are you enjoy? Are you being sarcastic? No, I didn't say I enjoyed it. I said illuminating. Oh, illuminating. Okay, now you're illuminating. There's a difference between that. <laughs> what, what you have to say is not something to illuminate. It's something, something to chew on. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I, I, thank I, you. I I, I, I I appreciate it, Don. Uh, that there goes there goes Don Mazella. And uh, as we wrap up here, Dan, do you have any final comments or, or anything before we get to uh, the plugs and everything for the day? I don't even know if Dan's still with us. I don't know. I don't think Dan's with us anymore. I think I probably <laughs> jumped off. <laughs> well, IQ, are you still out there, my friend? Of course, of course. Uh, Look, it's- Give us... The gentleman is definitely very religious, extremely religious. And I'm not a very religious person. I'm a no. historian. I love history. And I've studied the Bible. And I haven't come to the same conclusion as he has. No. My worry is, in this world, I agree with you about the generation that you have in the United States of America. But the same shit, excuse my language, mm-hmm. is the generation in Europe. Exactly the same. Yes. For yes. the same reasons, by the way. Yes. Educators in Europe and the educators in America are left-wing fascists. Yes. And the Christians or so-called Christian leaders in Europe and the so-called Christian leaders in the United States are also clueless. And they're yes. not really Christian. You're absolutely right. I, I agree, man. I, I agree. I, I'll tell you what. You couldn't get me to believe. If I, if I hadn't gone through the what I went through in order to get this, I would. St- I probably would. Nope. I think we yeah, lost. Yeah. <laughs> I think we lost him. Let me see if I can get him back in here. And uh, there happened? we are. We okay. Sorry about yeah, that. Keep keep I'm, going, I'm, my friend. Keep going. Well, are we done or? or no, we're uh, we're uh, finish, finish finish up your point here. Finish up your oh, point here. No. Well, anyway, I'm just saying that, you know. So so there's not. You couldn't convince me right now, just by you know by what's going on in the in in a lot of these denominations. I are you still there? Yep, we still got you. We're okay. still listening, you my friend. You couldn't convince me. I mean, you've got to give me something to to make me, to, you know, to 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 enlighten me to be a believer. And it's hard nowadays because right now there's no one that really wants to be out there on the front line, you know, kind of convincing those that should go down this road because Christianity itself is split up into thirty thousand different denominations. So when you start talking about Jesus, they they start looking at you like you're crazy because what denomination do you want me to be? You want me to be a you know a Catholic, a Protestant, a Muslim, a Methodist? A... So so right now we've the church really has lost its power, and uh, to convince anybody of anything. In fact, that once they took sin out of there, they really lost the power because now it's become a social thing. It's become like. Uh, going, I'm going to go to church because I, maybe I'll get a job. Or uh, it's it's not the, their hearts aren't right unless, of course, we get ourselves in a situation um, that maybe God will manifest Himself in a way uh, that will get you to look at yourself and not look at man, not look at the building, but look at 
God himself. And so. Uh, a heck, heck, of, heck of a deal. Well, uh, well, Marty, before we let you go, how do we get a hold of you online and pick up your books and everything else? Well, my, you know, I'm online, martyangelo.com. Um, uh, my books are available through Amazon. In fact, I have a, a, a Kindle versions of all the books available only at 99 cents a piece. So if anybody wants to pick up a Kindle version of it, you know, they have these apps now that you can put on your phone. You don't even need to buy a Kindle. And so um, if anyone's interested in, in, in learning and getting to the point to where I'm at at this point in my life, please uh, read my book or send me an email. If you got somebody in prison that needs help, let me know. I'm glad to reach out to them. Good stuff. Well, uh, well, Marty, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the broadcast, my friend. You're welcome. Thanks. Definitely. Uh, and uh, thanks to IQ and thanks to uh, Dan Perkins and Domazella. And that will wrap it up for today's program. And we will see you. And we will see everybody next Tuesday. Thank you, Marty. Have yourself a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful rest of the month. That, of course, was Marty Angelo, IQ Rizzoli, and Don Mazzella and Dan Perkins. That wraps it up here for Build, Grow, and Enjoy.